0: Welcome to Right Spokane Perspective with your hosts, Mike Fagan and Tim Ben. for opinion, fact, informative, and your alert system. Now let's get ready to rumble. Good day once again, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for rejoining Mike and Tim on Talkin' Turkey this Thanksgiving Day Thursday here on Right Spokane Perspective. I hope everybody out there is safe and sane, and y'all are getting ready to do some serious feasting on some Thanksgiving ham and turkey, for sure.
1: And, you know, I, I was thinking about the sound of turkeys, and part of that is because uh, this year I got a, a turkey tag. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just cheaper to, to buy your meat at the store than it is to hunt. Anymore. And, uh, I'm telling you. <laughs> you know, you got to try to come up with the turkey calls, and then you got the government regulations. Uh, you know, you have to not, you know, a lot of people think you, you you go out and you hunt birds and it's just guys with shotguns, right? Yeah, yeah. But you got different shot sizes. You got different things that go on. You know, if it's waterfowl, you got to have sh- steel shot. If it's, you know, on certain kinds of, like turkeys, you have to use a specific size. You got to use the shot four size or less. So the shot four size or less means shot four or five or six. Doesn't sound like less because the number's higher, but it, it's, it's a s- smaller shot, which means You got to get closer to the animal. Sure. And wild turkeys are not like the turkeys in the store. They don't freeze in place. Uh, Yeah, no kidding, man. So you You got to learn how to talk turkey. Like the title today, we're talking turkey. And the other thing about talking turkey is, you know, as I age, maybe I'm just getting, you know, old and crotchety. I don't know. But what does Santa Claus have to do with Christmas? What does trees have to do with Christmas? What is wrapping paper a lot of the stuff that we spend money on around the uh holiday seasons if you will right what do they even have to do with the holiday why do i have to eat turkey i'm not a huge fan of turkey you know i don't like being tired the trip to fan and the turkey makes you tired so you know i just what does turkey have to do with the holiday really <laughs> I mean, for the most part i mean if it was meeting with the natives that typically you know that was what thanksgiving was about was the uh, i thought the natives and the colonies getting together and learning how to, uh, you know, prepare food and the crops and stuff that was native and stuff that they had brought over to show each other how to give thanks for, you know, the basically survival that they were you know in, enjoying because so many other people just died and harvest season was survival and they've shared amongst farmers and natives and friends and other groups that were trying to just survive the winter that was coming right, you bet and so now it's all about turkeys but you know maybe the natives did do stuff with turkey feathers but it seemed more like they did stuff with eagle feathers and crows and it's illegal to eat eagles and i don't know there's sayings about eating crows so
0: <laughs> big time
1: yeah but, but but apparently crows you can legally hunt i don't like i don't think there's a limit on them but i, I don't know what they taste like right so, right and, and yep yeah as we
0: already to... covered man i mean they do have crow hunting season yeah. in washington state yeah
1: I'm, I'm gonna have to learn i never to... knew
0: that that kind of blew me out of my chair but okay
1: uh, i'm gonna have to learn how to talk turkey or i'm gonna be eating crow
0: apparently, <laughs> for sure now when i moved to england the american holiday of thanksgiving became just another thursday in november Although I created a feast the weekend after, I longed to be with my family and friends on the day. Yet I understood that my longings weren't unique to me. We all yearn to be with people dear to us on special occasions and holidays. And even when we're celebrating, we may miss someone who's not with us, or we may pray for our fractured family to be at peace. During these times, praying and pondering the wisdom of the Bible has helped me including one of King Solomon's Proverbs hope deferred makes the heart sick but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life in this proverb one of the pithy sayings through which Solomon shared his wisdom he notes the effect that hope deferred can have the delay of something much longed for can result in angst and pain but when the desire is fulfilled it's like a tree of life something that allows us to feel refreshed and renewed some of our hopes and desires might not be fulfilled right away some might only be met through God after we die whatever our longing we can trust in him knowing he loves us unceasingly and one day we will be reunited with the loved ones as we feast with him and give thanks to him you know the drill ladies and gentlemen father God you are a loving God we thank you for the food and remember the hungry. We thank you for health and remember the sick. We thank you for friends and remember the friendless. We thank you for freedom and remember the enslaved. May these remembrances stir us to service that thy gifts to us may be used for others in your son's jesus name we pray amen now ladies and gentlemen i went ahead and came up with prayer separate from the inspiration today it was a special thing and my whole intent was not only to show our individual gratitude to the lord and savior above but it was also to remember those that are not as fortunate as we are as we spend the time with our families this wonderful thanksgiving day for sure and i'll tell you tim you know uh my talking turkey experience a couple of days ago i thought that was when
1: you were in uh government as a politician (laughs) (laughs) yeah
0: that too that too too. but man you know the wife and i went over to walmart you know how those family get-togethers are i mean we're going to be cooking and preparing food for uh, somewhere between 15 and 20 people total you know and this is just you know immediate and in some extended family, we went over to Walmart the other day just to buy the stuff that we needed for a green bean salad and a fruit salad. A hundred bucks later, it's like, what? <laughs> Lucky for me, we ended up preparing a ham that we ended up buying a month or so ago. So I didn't have occasion to go out and price turkeys. But if anybody out there believed Jen Saki <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that turkeys were only going to cost a dollar more than they did last year. Forget it, folks. It ain't
1: happening. Well, but you know, the, the you know it's thing. my
0: understanding that there's are some stores that don't have turkeys at all because of the shortage.
1: Well, supposedly the shortages, and, and who knows who it all affected. My understanding, I guess my family's experiences, turkeys were readily available, but I guess some people had a little bit more problems finding them. Probably depended on whether you planned ahead. And, you know, if you wanted to uh, plan ahead for inflation, probably should have just bought a turkey tag like I did and actually found one. Because um, <laughs> then it would have just costed you, uh, you know, if you were already somewhere where there might be wild turkeys, it would have costed you the fifty for the shot.
0: <laughs> no if you're kidding. a good shot,
1: you know, don't waste too much ammo or the turkey gets expensive and don't get too close to it because then you're going to be spitting out little pellets as you eat your turkey yeah no kidding uh, but uh, not
0: only that but I mean unless you are expertly preparing that turkey my experience with wild birds has been very very tough stringy gamey tasting meat
1: well it very well could be now you know looking at the history of the turkey Mike and I know that we've got some other coverage we want to actually talk about today too but you know the the wild turkey was so prevalent I guess that's why it became the symbol of Thanksgiving now uh, when you talk about it just always has been that way ever since the first Thanksgiving right right, with right. The natives in the and the, the colonies but it, it was actually the goose the argument was the goose versus the turkey now I'd have to argue in favor of the goose for for one reason I mean did we have a war with Canada I don't think we did but Canadian geese are pretty <laughs> prevalent here but geese aren't are not prevalent everywhere all the time so apparently the the, the uh, turkey was easier to uh, hunt just because of the rifles they had at the time. And and geese were a faster animal. They didn't live on the ground and sleep in the trees. They are a waterfowl, right? Sure. So you had to have a, a, you know, different means of of capturing them. And, of course, they didn't have the the modern shotgun that we do now because now I think it's easier to get a goose than it is a turkey, to tell you the truth in the wild. But turkeys are white meat, and the goose, the geese, are red meat. Yes. And so, you know, I prefer the red meat. So yeah. it's you know and it, and it drives people nuts i guess but uh, they uh, wh- what's the argument white meat or brown meat sure what do you, you. like
0: uh, it doesn't matter to me, man.
1: I, I like the breast meat, the white meat. Because at the myself. end of the day,
0: just know either way you go, you're going to get hit with the tryptophan. So you're sleeping there. <laughs> you're going to take a nap either way. <laughs> well, it,
1: but, you know, it's some, and it's, nice, it's probably good. You know, some families, you know, people that like the brown meat better sure. because it's, it's more moist. And then yeah. some people like the white meat better because of the texture. And so, you know... I guess there's that argument, brown meat or white meat. Either way, you're getting the traps, man, like you said. But I I just tend to like that the drier meat better. And maybe that's because of, you know, it's like my sense of humor. It's a little dry.
0: And, you know, since the family, uh, you know, some years ago quit watching uh, National Football League, the football games that you traditionally see on Thanksgiving Day, I'm talking about an uninterrupted nap. (laughs) Uninterrupted <laughs> nap,
1: yeah. Well, and if you didn't keep track of politics, you'd have thought those people were kneeling on the uh, fields for, you know, they were thinking about those turkeys. <laughs> they were taking a knee for the, no kidding, the turkeys huh? that made the ultimate <laughs> no sacrifice. Kidding. You bet. Those turkeys that made the ultimate sacrifice. Now, obviously, we're going to have a couple of turkeys that don't make the ultimate sacrifice because we have this silly tradition of the president pardoning a couple of turkeys. But I think the last several presidents has party people that were less than turkeys. And, you know, Or I mean, more than turkeys, yeah. maybe. yeah.
0: Yeah, and, and doesn't the president do that before Thanksgiving? So I guess he's only got a couple more days. <laughs> yeah,
1: right. Well, what's, no, what's, what's, what's the lifespan of a turkey? You know, yeah, that's I, think, a good question. I think we should have somebody investigate, you know, the living conditions and what these turkeys, when the president leaves office, do they take the turkeys they pardoned with them? Or does the taxpayer have to fund a turkey farm for all these aging turkeys?
0: Yeah, that's a good question, man. Yeah, you for know, sure. I'm
1: just wondering. For sure. Where is it in the federal budget?
0: All right, folks, we're going to go ahead switch gears as you well know I mean we uh, pretty much got through the midterm elections here and I understand that there, you know, well, there for, may still be uh, some. The
1: people some, that are in Nevada or California, yeah. that's not the case. They're probably still counting. You know. <laughs> no doubt about it. It might be over by the time you're done with Thanksgiving leftovers. Right.
0: The one thing that the Republicans have been stomping their feet about and doing a happy dance about is, okay, fine. They may have taken the majority in Congress. And uh, now we are going to be starting to hold some hearings and committee meetings to see about issuing some accountability. This first story that I wanted to share with you definitely deserves accountability. We're talking about COVID vaccines. Here is your headline. COVID vaccines. We flew the airplane while we were still building it. Now recently retired head of vaccine R&D at Pfizer Katherine Jansen discusses the lightning speed development of the COVID-2 vaccine and the implications of the vaccine platforms. The unique power of vaccines to prevent disease captured Katherine Jansen's imagination at an early age. She remembers lining up in the school auditorium for her smallpox vaccine. I thought it was amazing. One shot and you're done. Great. Now, when the pandemic struck in 2020... I about,
1: that's what I was thinking about the turkey, too. <laughs> I had no doubt.
0: Now, when the pandemic struck in 2020, Pfizer was already collaborating with BioNTech on the mRNA vaccine for the flu. The partners ran with this experimental platform and compressed vaccine development timelines from 10 years to just nine months. In December of 2020, Comrinati became the first SARS COVID vaccine to secure authorization in the UK, the U S and other countries. Over 1 billion doses of the vaccine have now been administered in the U S and over in Europe. Total sales for this record breaking vaccine are forecasted to exceed $70 billion by the end of 2022. But this success has brought the issues of vaccine pushback into sharp focus. I find it astounding that after all that humankind went through, how many people still do not see the value of the vaccines and don't get immunized, Jansen says. Society now just accepts 400 COVID deaths every day in the USA, for example. This is just mind-boggling to her.
1: By how many deaths to, to the effects of the vaccine itself?
0: Yeah, exactly. See, and the article doesn't touch on any of the adverse reactions and the effects. Okay? Well, and,
1: and it's pretty amazing. So they said that they were basically flying the plane before
0: it was fully constructed. That is exactly and, correct. You know, as, as a matter of fact, we'll get to I, that I've, particular... You know,
1: folks, I know that we're not going to have a commercial that applies to this. Just pretend it does. I've got a product to sell you. It's made of essential ingredients, but I can't tell you what it is. And after I sell you $70 billion worth as taxpayers, I'll tell you what's in
0: it. Anyways, we're going to take that break. We'll be right back. To our Spokane area veterans and their families, if you haven't checked out the Hilliard Veterans of Foreign Wars post-1474, located at Diamond and Regal Street in Spokane, you gotta be there be square. The Hilliard VFW is there to assist you and yours with all your VA questions. Give them a call at 487-3784. Weekly bingo, cards, bowling, dart tournaments, and meal specials are just a few more things that the Hilliard VFW offers. Stop on by, give them a call, 487-3784. And welcome back from the break, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for rejoining Mike and Tim on Talking Turkey this Thanksgiving Day. Thursday episode here on Right Spokane Perspective.
1: Mike, during the break, I was thinking my phone was going to light up with everybody wanting that product that I was going to give them, but I couldn't tell them what was in it until (laughs) after I sell $70 billion worth. Or what it
0: will do to you short and long term.
1: I I guess we don't have any listeners that are that dumb to bite on a product. They don't know what it is.
0: There you go, because they're too busy biting on that turkey and ham right now. I
1: guess so. They've got got much better ingredients, and they know where most of them were sourced. Hopefully, uh, I mean, you said you're having that big old chunk of pork.
0: <laughs> yes, you're, you're we, we are going to have ham and turkey, yes.
1: So is it is was your ham provided to you by a Chinese corporation that controls most of the pork production in the United States? Probably. Probably. Yeah, it's cuz <laughs> it's hard to know because you don't have the origin labeling on meats. No, do we? you
0: don't. We don't have don't. the
1: and that's something where people need to go to Spokane County Cattlemen Association and support that group and and other farm groups that would like to have country of origin labeling on meat cuz you can get it on your desk chair, you can get it on your cell phone or other stupid little products around the shelf but the meat you eat, you don't get to know where it comes from. I think that's, that's right. pretty bad.
0: That's right. And you know, I mean, I don't want to, don't want to gross anybody out. Cause I know that you guys are in the midst of, you know, either preparing the food or you're sitting down and you're eating it, but I mean, just a simple fact that if you go through the drive through hamburger place, you're going to get a hamburger that is comprised of the bits and pieces, the scrap meats and the fats and the gristle and Possibly. whatever from the full yield that that particular slaughterhouse had that day. And well, this is the be. reason why you've got. At least, and if not more, one thousand different cow DNAs in a hamburger nowadays. And, and
1: it, it could be, especially you know, the larger chain, the larger meat producer. But you don't know where that meat came from. That's so, exactly right, man. Uh, but I do happen to know that most of your McDonald's French fries come from good old Washington State because we are the number one potato, potato producer, producer in the world. In, in the world, so uh, I don't know where the yams that you're eating today came from, but I'm sure you can find out, <laughs> right? And, yes. uh But you can't find out on the meat. So that's, that's unfortunate, but we also don't know where the vaccines are coming from at this point in time. That's another thing with medicines is that much of our medicine is actually coming from China, even though the technologies might be... be being produced here, the corporations that are partnered with the uh, pharma groups that are making these medications are, are based in China.
0: Yeah, you that, bet that's you where ma- they're
1: manufacturing them.
0: You bet. And the story continues. And here it is, folks. Over the years, we had built a strong infrastructure, particularly through the pneumococcal conjugate vaccine programs. But COVID changed everything in terms of how to approach the end-to-end vaccine R&D concept. Now, in March of 2020, when our CEO said, get it done before the end of the year, I said, this is crazy. But money was not an issue. And then you can do amazing things in an amazing amount of time. Well, in this many years well, later, but- we got creative, she says. We couldn't wait for data. Okay. This is the clincher right here. We got creative. We couldn't wait for data. We had to do so much at risk. We flew the airplane while we were still building it.
1: Yeah. The flying oh, the airplane while oh, were still building it. Yeah. That's pretty, pretty scary. Now this many years later, you know, and we're going to find out the truth. They're going to start studying, you know, how much damage is done by these vaccines, you know, but we we're. Thanksgiving, we're talking about turkey today. So, you know, one of the reasons for the shortage of turkeys was said to be avian flu. Yes, and, and I so, think I
0: think the lack of diesel fuel was thrown
1: into the, the mix. Right, right, yeah. Production, and well, and there was concerns with growers on how many produce. Well, you know, what was their break-even point, and you know, the cost of diesel affected the cost of grain and feed, and yes. and then of course shipping out the uh, the harvest of turkey. So, but my my question would be, we don't know where the origin of our beef and our meats and things are because it's not on the label. Uh, it's not mandated to be on the label so if you're don't know where your turkey came from do you at least know if it got the avian flu shot <laughs>
0: no, That's a, well, who knows? I mean, you know, maybe the USDA is going to have to create another little sticker. I don't know what color they're going to make it. Maybe it'll be a green effigy of Mister Yuck, <laughs> and put it on the turkey package and say, "This turkey has been vaccinated."
1: Well, yeah, they would, it would be a, it would be, yeah, definitely, they'd go the wrong way with this sticker. <laughs> no kidding, man. No kidding.
0: All right, another little follow-up story, and again, it's it's all about accountability now that the Republicans control the Congress, folks. Here is your headline Pfizer and Moderna will begin clinical trials to determine adverse heart risk from the COVID 19 vaccine, such as myocarditis. Now, <laughs> the headline says it all, ladies and gentlemen. You know, there, we definitely put the cart before the horse on the COVID-19 vaccine. As a matter of fact, you know, you just heard from a retired R&D engineer chief over at Pfizer. She's saying, look, you know, we basically got the edict. Money was no issue. And it was just go, 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 go to get this thing done. So we had to do things in parallel, you know, and Testing it, clinical trials, that was the furthest thing from their mind. So it was like we needed to put this formula together, and we needed to get it into people's arms, and we don't know what it's going to do to you.
1: Well, and and what was was the rush? I mean, they're talking, was it really for public safety, or was it the expediency for
0: profitability? That's a real good question. And then if we were to put on our nefarious thinking cap, could this have been one of these real weird, immoral backroom deals that occurred between the Trump administration and the vaccine corporations? Well,
1: as you were talking about it, come on, I mean, is the is Air Force One being constructed while they fly it?
0: <laughs> you know so that they use statements like you know, that's a you know, good question we we do know we, that we, air force one was bid way way too expensive
1: right but it was completed before they start flying it and it was tested and in all of those things it's like many of other other things in consumer protection as they go through massive testing yeah before especially drugs well you
0: know i mean that article that we just got done looking at there i mean it took a 10-year process to actually fully vet a vaccine or a new pharmaceutical drug and they did it in less than a year so they definitely had to cut corners and everything else in order to get this product out yeah. it'd be very very interesting years from now when, and i know it's going to happen Years from now, when they go back to the Trump administration's public documents that will go into the library, that will go into the libraries of Congress or the archives or whatever the case, people are going to be interested in looking at the history and the timeline and all of the other good stuff that goes into what happened with COVID, what's going on with the vaccine, what did it do to people, you know, this kind of stuff.
1: Uh, There's a good chance that it'll just get swept under the rug because they'll have some other kind of major controversy and bad things going on to distract us with that uh, was created by government funding, just like the uh, vaccine and the, the problems with it. It was created by government funding, but the creation of the infection was also government subsidized seems like we subsidize our own problems yeah so i'm sure that you know none of this information will matter a couple thanksgivings from now because we will subsidize the creation of our own new problems
0: All right, a little bit of an update here with regard to a national-level lawsuit that had been filed and had been on the books with court system for a long, long time pertaining to fluoride and fluoridation, folks. This particular case that's been on the books for a while challenges a 77-year-old tradition of adding fluoride to the water And the case is going to review studies on health effects of the chemical. So as far as I'm concerned, ladies and gentlemen, these are two wins for the anti-fluoride or anti-fluoridation interests, if you will. And here's a little bit of the news release that was provided by the legal firm Bloomberg Law, as a matter of fact. A federal court will allow a lawsuit to prohibit fluoride from drinking water to proceed to review new scientific evidence about the chemical's potential harm to, that it does to babies developing nervous systems. Now, Judge Edward Chen of the U.S. District Court of Northern District California ruled last Friday that the case filed in by the Food and Water Watch and other advocacy groups can proceed to review a scientific study and two summary evaluations of multiple fluoride health effects studies the case has been on hold since april of 2021 the science the court wants to review includes a may 2022 unpublished draft version of a federal health agency's assessment of fluoride's neurodevelopmental and other health effects the court will obtain the national toxicology program's draft health assessment via a protective order and not disseminated at this juncture according to the judge The court will decide the timing of future expert disclosures and other actions after it's reviewed the scientific evidence. The court's desire to view the new science doesn't indicate a conclusion about the admissibility or weight of the evidence, the judge said. So this is really kind of cool, man. I mean, you know, it could be a blessing in disguise. It could also be a curse, you know, but it is very, very refreshing to see that this particular judge, Edward Chen, from the U.S. District Court of Northern District of California, is willing to take a look at the new scientific data that is out there, the scientific data that has been accumulated but not officially released by the U.S. government. So, we're just going to have to continue to pray on this particular situation and see what is going to end up happening and unfolding when the U.S. District Court or Northern District of California reconvenes on this particular subject for sure.
1: Well, there, a lot of these things could end up in uh, higher courts, too.
0: Yes, absolutely. And some more accountability news coming your way here, folks. Here's your headline. Identity of several John Does affiliated with Jeffrey Epstein revealed after judge orders the release of more court documents. Now, the judge who oversaw the 2016 defamation case against Ghislaine Maxwell, the disgraced former associate of Jeffrey Epstein, filed by one of Epstein's victims, Virginia Robert Grufrey, has ordered the release of more court documents, which will unveil the identity of several people who had heretofore attempted to keep their names secret. The case has already been settled, and many of the names have already come out through subsequent court proceedings or other means, the judge said. One of the John Does is Maxwell's former personal assistant who faces her own accusations, as well as at least one of them is a victim who has publicly discussed her experiences. For these reasons, Judge Loretta Prescott determined on Friday that the public interest outweighs the privacy concerns that much of the purportedly sensitive information had already come to light during Maxwell's 2021 trial. She therefore ordered the release of more documents. Currently, those individuals are referred to in court documents as John Doe's number 12, 28, 97, 107, 144, 147, 171, and one. 183. One of the names revealed is that of Tom Pritzker, a billionaire and executive chairman of Hyatt Hotels. He is also a cousin of Democrat Governor of Illinois, JB Pritzker. Tom Pritzker fought to keep his name concealed. Preska dismissed his reasoning, though his name did come up in a deposition. Preska said a witness in the deposition said he or she did not recognize Pritzker. Now, Gufrey has previously alleged that Epstein and Maxwell forced her to have sex with Pritzker and other high-profile men, including Prince Andrew of Britain, Bill Richardson, the former Democrat governor of New, Jer- uh, New Mexico, and Glenn Dubin, a wealthy hedge fund manager. The Daily Beast report. All of the men have denied the accusations that were made against them. So, there you go. There's going to be additional follow-up on that when John Doe's those numbers I rattle off and they're there's probably at least 10 of them. When those names get released, it'll be very interesting to see what names pop up.
1: Well, I definitely think the, the new trend in what Americans are expecting from government is... Accountability. And I think that regardless of what political party you're in, regardless of how much power you have, you know, the law should apply equally. And definitely, people in sex trafficking, drug trafficking, the things that are really deep sins in our country and our culture, we need to face the leaders of them. And all those investigations should be done. And the truth should come out to the public. They shouldn't be buried in court documents because of political powers. We should learn the truth. But today, we're going to be thankful that our families have all gotten together and stuffed ourselves with that turkey, ham, and beans, and peas, and whatever else is uh, on the menu. So, happy Thanksgiving.
0: And happy Thanksgiving from the Fagan family also. All of that being said, ladies and gentlemen, Mike and Tim are out of here today. We'll be back etching in your face again tomorrow. Bye-bye.